Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, whether you're catching the show uh, live or in archive, uh, again, welcome everyone to my show. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Uh, about two-minute little rundown of, of who I am, uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of dive right into today's show. Uh, I am a navigational consultant. Uh, I am a professional astrologer, and I work with numerology and other oracles. Home office in Phoenix. I've been working with people for, for a couple of decades now um, and also do phone sessions. Uh, information about all that is available on my website at jimventure.com. Uh, also an author. Um, I write a uh, every other month column called Snake Oil. Uh, ergo, what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, this was a new column, so I'm going to do a live column read and subsequent discussion about this column in more detail. Uh, I'm also an author of a couple of different books. You can catch, again, all that information on uh, jimventura.com and also um, hosting a, uh, a YouTube show now as well, too, doing a video about once a month on, on various subjects as well. You can hunt me down on YouTube look up the snake oil or, or Jay Ventura um, format to, to track me down. You should be able to find me. Uh, okay. So, you know, another thing I want to mention is I haven't done this in a number of years. I used to do interview shows with, with different clients, uh, readers, and people in various fields in metaphysics, and I'm going to be bringing that feature back uh, in the next month or two, uh, probably every other month, a show doing an interview um, the good news for a lot of my listeners is some of those are astrologers and readers, and, and they enjoy uh, taking live calls after we do the interview, so that feature will be brought back. Um, uh, at, at this point, um, I don't do uh, live um, readings on air, so anybody who's calling in, I would appreciate the calls, but um, this is a column read show and discussion, so we won't have time for calls today, but... Uh, some of those will be added in the future uh, just for, for that, that tidbit of good news for those who are, are kind of waiting for that those interactions. Um, okay. So what today's show is about uh, is I'm going to do this live column read. And, um, uh, you know, again, the, the format of the show for the last, um, since 2020 has started and for the column is every other month. Um, I might add, if you're not already getting my, my newsletter and the column, you can email me at venturesage.yahoo.com, and you can get added to the mailing list as well. So, so you're able to get the columns, uh, you know, since you wait for the show, to hear them and to read them. But, of course, the benefit of the show is we, we certainly go into a lot more detail than I can do in, in, in just a column. But, yeah, I've gotten to kind of an every-other-month format with the column, and I think I'm going to stick with that uh, because of YouTube and Facebook and all the other places I, I do information, it's already kind of a lot. So, what again, we're going to do today is I want to read this month's column, this is every other month's column, uh, and uh, then I'm going to go into some more detail about it. Um, again, I, I won't be able to take live calls. Appreciate your call-ins, but we won't have time for that because it's not a very long show today. Uh, and I've kind of got rid of that from the uh, format for now, but uh, we'll be bringing that again, as I mentioned, uh, in future shows. Okay, so this month's column, my May-June snake oil column, is called Ending the Wars. I was excited. I hadn't been on a Vegas vacation in almost four months. 
I was packed up and ready to make the five-hour drive early on a Sunday morning from Phoenix. This trip was a little different than my usual every two- or three-month sojourn. I was overpacked for this one without much of a choice in the matter. I had a cooler that I had iced up with sliced veggies, fruits, yogurts, and probiotics. I also had a packed an added bag with many different bottles of things like green food powder, apple cider vinegar, apple berry juice, psyllium husk, Epsom salt, an assortment of bottles of herbal pills and healthy snacks. I had a list of acupuncture doctors in the area if needed and my regular insurance card for last resort potential need of, of, of medical insurance. I felt overburdened by how much I had to take with me for this trip. As a Sagittarius, we're not exactly known for our overpacking tendencies. What was comical was once I made it to the hotel, parked in the garage, and then optimistically figured I could carry my water jug and three full bags of crap and my cooler in one shot to my hotel room. It was heavy, cumbersome, and I needed to pause many times along the way. I alternated between laughing at my cartoonish track and being pissed off about all of it. Was this actually my current life as well as the possibility of all my future vacations? The reason I was so heavily stacked with supplies was because the last few months had me studying and using herbal cures, acupuncture, dietary adjustments, AIDS, and pressure points for healing. I had, for the most part, healed my issue with diverticulitis with these methods with real success when that surfaced in early 2019. I had an occasional much milder flare-up from time to time, but I was about 85% free of this illness entirely. Unfortunately, the fall had me dealing with uncomfortable kidney issues and milder bladder issues. I had notable discomfort on some days. An Epsom salt bath were a huge help in decreasing the inflammation. I actually had two rounds of kidney stones that were painful and scary, and breaking the stones without relying on Western medicine was another test. The second of the two uncomfortable stone experiences was actually when I was in Las Vegas the last time. And during this trip, I was in excruciating pain for almost four hours on the second morning of my trip before the stone broke. During a lot of it, I was wondering what I should do. Should I cut my trip in half and head back to Phoenix, try to find an acupuncturist here in Vegas, bite the bullet and go to the emergency room in Vegas and use the mediocre insurance I had with its expensive co-pays? This would add another burden of feeling like I was going back to a system I did go to emergency care months before this, though, to get a blood test, and they mentioned the weakness of my kidneys, so that was actually useful. But going back to a system I had successfully avoided for the most part 13, 35 years now felt questionable. I finally fell asleep and woke up an hour later to a feeling of something breaking in a good way inside. I then heard a familiar inner voice say, you will be fine. 
I felt like a badass for having endured and overcome it, and the rest of the trip was great. I trotted my supplies back with me two days later as I headed home after a really fun vacation. There's a point that runs about 10 miles where the I-40 meets the 93, heading south, that is a coordination point I discovered years ago. I've actually written about this in a column four years ago in more detail. Every time I drive through this area, I find myself either mentally, physically, or spiritually lining up or getting insight and clarity. I decided to consciously ask my higher self as I passed through, what was still blocking me from complete healing in my digestion and elimination organs? I had made some notable progress using the holistic methods, although they worked slowly. The stone incident aside, even the fact that it pushed through in only four hours was pretty amazing in comparison to the last time it occurred for me. I was actually about 70% better overall in my process of killing these organs. I recognized fully that my beliefs form my reality. I knew I was stuffing anger and fear into these digestive organs for many years of my life, and the stones were built up over time, now finally releasing. The areas affected were all connected with my second and third chakras, relationships and power respectively. Kidney issues usually have to do with acting like a little kid, feeling criticized and disappointed. It's a quote from You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay, by the way. In tandem with tangible cures and healing methods, I was moving through these limited beliefs and perspectives all year about other people's judgment of me and how I reacted to those judgments. The process was, process was working, the organs were clearing and regenerating, but every few days I would still feel discomfort, so why hadn't they fully healed? What was the missing piece of my belief system that I wasn't getting that was needed for full healing to occur? I pondered this as I headed south to that coordination point. Now, there are actually numerous examples of my success in work in overcoming reacting angrily to judgments in the last few months. Here's one of them. I had a client whose name actually sounded like the word fear. Uh, she bought a session to a Yelp promotion. She was impatient about booking and was honestly difficult to read for. A combination of impatience, martyrdom, fearfulness, and combativeness to everyone around her made the session drag. Her cards were clear and reflected this, so I purposely encouraged her with a few personal stories and some clients stories about how to overcome limitations. We talked about her family, current lack of friends and a partnership, difficult work situations, and, and many other things. I felt intuitively that she was thinking about opening her own business, and the tarot card reading reflected this too. After many years as a nail tech, she had acquired a good amount of knowledge. It looked like it would be possible, but might take almost two years to do so in finding a partner or investor. I added an extra 15 minutes of free session time to encourage her. When she got home, she emailed me asking for her money back, saying, you didn't talk enough about me, and it wasn't worth the $80 charge. Well, events like this are rare, thankfully. I knew this was a play she likely often used in other areas as well, using the service and complaining to get the money back. A type of scam, scam comma, for people immersed in extreme martyrdom. I surprisingly acted out of character. I didn't get mad or offended at all and refunded her money without question. 
Why go into the gall of her doing this and damaging my gallbladder too? I decided it didn't matter, and I would have the added blessing of never having to work with her again or add her to my mailing list. The next day, two new clients booked sessions, and a client from over a year ago contacted me to recover a session she had never paid for. She apologized about the delay and also prepaid three more sessions. I took in far more than the lost $80 with far less stress. There was the magic of allowing the universe to solve the situation in its own perfect wisdom. So again, going back to my drive, my intention was clear on the drive through the power spot. But I didn't get a direct answer. I just started to think about my Aries niece, who I hadn't seen in, in a, a few years, but recalled how often she saw the world as a battlefield. Well, not every Aries I've known has been like this. Uh, a good amount were. Mars is the ruling planet, gives strength and courage, but also can bring combativeness in battle. Then I thought about my recently deceased Aries mother. I had forgiven mom months ago for the hurts created during my childhood. This, by the way, is what primarily what cured the virus in your life. So there really wasn't any pain connected to memories of my mom anymore, mostly love, appreciation for the good things she did, there were actually a lot, and a healthy acceptance of her flaws. But mom was in a battle of some sort, whether real or imagined, often. She was angry at my sisters and my brothers often. She despised many of the neighbors and some of their kids. Yes, she did have a few friends, but she was irritated with them most of the time, too. She didn't speak to my father's relatives. She was angry with New York's governor, the Democrats, supermarkets, non-Catholics, Catholics, some of my dad's friends, and so many other things. I chuckled about how much energy she put into some kind of war and grateful that I didn't do as much of this type of thing. Then it hit me as I got closer to Phoenix. The light bulb moment came. While it was not in any way as bad as my mom, I definitely had some tendency to do this too. Years of meditation and spiritual work have helped me to allow criticism from others and general negativity to simply throw through me, throw, flow through me most of the time. But a lingering part of me still battled a bit too much. I cursed and got irritated with idiot drivers on the road. I sometimes get annoyed when clients, friends, even family members, and people don't get back to me for days, weeks, or even months when I send them emails or texts. I watch television shows about political matters and get frustrated with people on the cool, wrong side of an issue. I still sometimes get triggered when I get an obnoxious comment about one of my YouTube videos, Facebook posts, or radio shows. Again, granted, they're surprisingly rare, but it can still hurt when this happens to anyone, me included. I've been expanding my work in all kinds of media and television. I will know I will need an even thicker skin as I inevitably reach more and more people in the coming years. While I battle far less than my mother and some of my family members do, we were all raised by a mom who acted a bit like a baby sometimes and understandably mirrored her, I still sometimes do this. And years of it was basically stuffing this anger into my digestive organs, especially my kidneys. So much of our behaviors and beliefs become almost unconscious. We never question them, especially from parents in areas we grew up in where we're told 
this is how you're supposed to react. I was still acting like I was a little wars, real or imagined. And it was not only getting old, but it was hurting me physically. It was time to end a lot more of the energy I put into these wars. I have no doubt that the remaining discomfort in my body will clear up when we shift our beliefs, our actions, and our diets to more positive ways of living, we no longer need to be obsessed about carrying all the healing tools. They've already done their job. We don't need to carry them around with us as much anymore. We can still use them, but they become less of a necessity. Body is in harmony again, and we can naturally flow the way it was designed to. I would now dump not only the baggage of physically carrying so much stuff around, but also internally letting go of unnecessary wars and battles. I feel lighter already. Okay, so I wrote this column back in April, and uh, uh, it's a bit of a longer one. Um, you know, I, I, when, I, when I write column, when I, when I do uh, spots on, on Facebook and, and YouTube, I tend to um, kind of keep those short, those videos, those YouTube videos down to maybe five to seven minutes. Facebook, it's enough that someone can read it in two, maybe three minutes. Columns, I, I go a little longer for obvious reasons because um, there's more details to go into, of course. Um, but I do, I understand that. As human beings, we just have so much time, and I try not to get into a book. But this was a really important subject that had been, you know, ruminating for, for quite some time. Let me add something to this, by the way, that I thought was very interesting. Um, while I was writing this column, um, and, and, you know, I've been in quarantine like most of America has been, and we'll maybe touch upon some of those subjects in a little bit. Um, what's interesting is I kept, like, when I'm sitting in my living room watching TV, um, I've talked about it on previous shows, I'm always, like, catching the clock when it's 444, 333, you know, angelic numbers and spirit messages that you're on the right track. Um, but sitting in my living room, I have an outside patio, and I live in an upstairs condo, and I kept seeing a lot of hummingbirds on my patio, like almost daily a hummingbird. Now, from a practical perspective, maybe it's hummingbird season or something's going on that way, but I had a laugh at how I kept seeing hummingbirds because the big part of writing this was about getting lighter. Uh, you know, the lightest animal we might be able to find other than butterflies and such might realistically be a butterfly. So, uh, and if you look up totem of butterfly, I mean, of, uh, I mean a hummingbird, sorry. If you have totem of a hummingbird, you're going to see all kinds of implications about that that are, fast, uh, are fascinating. I thought that was just another added message about getting lighter. And, and that's a big part of this. Um, you know, I kind of joke about it in the column. We have to knock my phone down at some point in the show. It's becoming a regular fact. Uh, <laughs> so if you heard a little crash, that's what that was. Opening spaz. Uh, okay. So what I was, was bringing up is I really have always kind of been the way. I don't know if it's just a Sagittarian thing or, you know, um, the other factors involved, but I hate carrying a ton of stuff around with me. Um, it irritates the crap out of me to have to carry a bunch of things around. You know, um, I don't, uh, I try to minimize the amount of stuff that I carry. It's just something about feeling the joy of being lighter and, and not being so heavy handed and, and carrying a ton of stuff. I always laugh when I go to Vegas. I always see like people with nine bags of luggage and I just think, you know, I get it if you're like at a convention, you're staying two, three weeks or something like that. But otherwise, oh God, I'm almighty with the 
carrying so much stuff with you. So here's a joke of me carrying all this crap with me. And again, it was a nightmare. It was like big distance between the car and the hotel and me stopping and being irritated with myself and all this other stuff. And I had so much stuff I had used in the healing process of healing my kidneys and digestive system, the diverticulitis. I was researching like crazy throughout all of 2019 and getting this stuff healed. So um, to cut to the chase here, as I kind of mentioned in the piece, um, the good news is, yeah, diverticulitis is almost completely gone. I mean, occasionally I have a, a flare-up here and there. Certain foods might trigger me. But honestly, it's really, really rare that I even have any type of flare-up, and it's pretty mild if I do. So I can say that one's about 90% gone. Uh, kidney stuff, we're looking at about 85% gone now. I don't have any real pain with it. Just have sometimes if I eat too much sugar or I overeat or, you know, certain other factors might trigger a little bit, but it's nothing in comparison to where what I was going through, you know, in 2019 with, with having, you know, every couple of days, sometimes even having hours of discomfort and, and pain. So the, the things that I did that worked to heal these issues were, were, were notable, and they worked. Again, primarily I used acupuncture. I used herbs and trigger points. Um, I made a lot of dietary changes. Um, and so the interesting thing is, like, I'm not – I haven't gone back to what I humorously call full-on slob mode again. I am Taurus rising, so I can be very indulgent. Um, but, yeah, I have reached a point where um, I, I really can kind of eat without taking all the herbs and the supplements and the probiotics and things of that nature every day. I still take them sometimes, you know, with less frequency. And if I'm out and about and I can't, I don't have them on me, it's perfectly fine. I'll be fine if I have a meal and digestive ends, all these things that I use. But I still kind of enjoy it. I think it's beneficial. But it really, I, I'm using maybe half at best of, of what I have, have done. And... Um, uh, I'm excited about that. I, I don't want to carry all this stuff around with me. And that's what I always think back to, like, watching my parents um, when, I, when I used to live with them as I was a kid. Like, they always had those pill cases with the different pills they had to take every day. And, all, oh, God almighty. I, you know, my father was on water pills and all kinds of pills for his diverticulitis and my mom for diabetes and, you know, all these pills. And I don't even know half of the stuff they were taking, but it just seemed all like a pain in the ass to me. And not something that I just wanted to do. You know, I just don't want to do that. So, yeah, that is the good news. It was successful. So the physical parts, of course, moved us into the other part, which are belief systems. And that is always what is so key and what I really, really want to stress. Um, listen, I'm not recommending to my listeners and my clients that you give up Western medicine. Um, there are wonderful things about Western medicine. I mean, the you know, the, the whole ambulance system and they have a car accident going to a hospital and, and there are genuine healers and surgeons that are valuable. Uh, none of me is telling anybody to really give that up. I suggest that. Um, as I mentioned, I mean, I had a appendicitis when I was 17 and went to a hospital. I, you know, I don't really know if an herbalist at the time would have helped me, you know, <laughs> in that sense, you know, I, I, if my appendix was going to burn. Because that was when I was 17 before I started the role of alternative healing as well. And I, my thought would be that I could, um, at this point, knowing what I know now, I would not have needed to have had an appendicitis. I mean, I would have worked through those issues beforehand. 
So again, I'm not my my advice, my encouragement to my uh, clients, my listeners, my readers, all you guys, is that you begin to look at the benefits of alternative healing. You, there are many. Listen, we uh, what I always remember about the '90s that was interesting when I was doing a lot of kind of early preliminary work and studying is I had. I would go to herbal shops. There was a couple of them here in Phoenix, one in Mesa, and I knew, a, I knew two different herbalists, one I knew kind of well. And they were often under siege from the FDA and government situations, trying to constantly make them post things that these herbs and things were not actual cures, that there was no scientific evidence behind it. Um, there was a heavy push to close these places down and even to this day, if you buy herbs through a catalog or any other place, often you'll notice that in the catalog that the FDA doesn't approve of this. This is not necessarily a cure. You know, so there's this thing that I'm not getting conspiracy theorists here, but there is a reality that you know modern medicine does not believe in, in, in this type of thing and, and worries that people will you know um, you know not get traditional Western medicine healing work and take the pharmaceutical pills you quote unquote need and things of nature by taking this stuff. And, and that's really where it stems from. And there's still a vestige of that to this day. And, it, it, you know, and that's their belief system and that's the way that they operate. But it's, you know, surprisingly and humorously arrogant as usual to think that Western medicine is somehow the be all and end all of healing in that in other times and places and cultures, you know, centuries ago, they didn't understand that they did, had no concept of healing, that there weren't um, elements of, of surgery when necessary, or that they didn't that they had no awareness that certain herbs and concoctions would work to heal people. They did, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they, again, this is what always kind of cracks me up in a way. Um, you know, much of Western medicine is based on the idea that, like, the body has no real defense of itself. Uh, in other words, so that everywhere you turn, there are diseases and germs and viruses that are going to jump on you, and you got to protect yourself with um, antibiotics and vitamins and things to keep all the monsters at bay, and then you'd be, be safe for a while until another round of some terrible thing necessary hits you. Listen, this is part of the belief system within the medical world, you know, understandably so, um, which is why even in a case of a pandemic or other things, you see the people in hospitals being affected by diseases even more than the regular populace does to some extent. Part of that's physical, that they're around this energy, but it's also, again, part of a belief system in that respect. So, you know, even when we look at what's going on today with the current pandemic, you know, you're not really seeing very many scientists or people talking about um, – getting sunlight, getting a good amount of rest, having a strong immune system, um, taking care of yourself physically, making changes to your diet, um, things of that nature. You know, I don't know. I'm not really – it always kind of cracks me up that I almost never see that. I do see some of it, thankfully, squeezing itself through, but as a general thumb, that is not what is focused on. The focus is, you know, that we're going to find some type of um, – some type of pharmaceutical cure that's going to save us or a vaccine or something like that. And again, I'm not putting down that there hasn't been some value in vaccines and pharmaceuticals because of course there has. But again, this is the belief system that, that operates there. So why you see so many people, you know, dealing with that kind of struggle. And, you know, from my end, um, 
I, I kind of thought about that sort of almost humorously. The fact that I had so much work that I was doing in 2019 on getting my physical body healed and strong, I thought it was interesting that that happened before this kind of COVID-19 thing happened. So I, from the beginning when this pandemic started, really had no fear of, of catching this illness. Again, I was reasonably practical about it. Um, you know, I bought the hand sanitizer. Well, someone gave it to me. And after I went shopping, I'd kind of, you know, wipe my hands down. I might wipe the car down. Uh, honestly, never wear the mask. Um, I mean, if I go somewhere and they kind of, you have to, I can argue or wear a stupid mask. But I, I think when this is all said and done, it's probably going to be that that didn't really help one iota one way or another. And that's something that's a whole other subject. But I just, I, thankfully, I thought two things. One, the mathematical probability of me getting this illness um, is, is, mathematically minuscule. Um, two, if I were to get ill and I would use alternative methods to recover. Uh, three, if I got really sick and had to go into a hospital, then that's what I would do. And then four, if this illness got me and I died, then I'm out. I leave this world. I'm not afraid of dying or leave this world. It's no, no means my time to go. I'm not creating this illness. I'm not participating in this. And, and I'm buying the idea that I'm, I've got my cooties are infecting other people as well. So, again, this is stuff that we're just bombarded with constantly all the time. And it can sound like heresy to say otherwise. But, again, I would not suggest anyone be, you know, if you feel safer wearing a mask, then absolutely wear a mask. Uh, but I don't know, guys. Again, my feeling is uh, probably going to turn out the CDC will eventually say that really had little to no effect. I think, you know, if you're working in a hospital, maybe, but in Walmart, uh, you know, I mean, anyway, I don't know the subject the road I can go down. But I want to bring that up. But let's get back to the main thrust of this anyway. The physical, the physical methods that we use for healing, um, they obviously make changes and adjustments in the body and potentially physically heal us. Heal us. That's where they're awesome. But they also do something else. They begin to get us to look at our belief systems. Listen, the same thing happens if you have surgery. Often during recovery of surgery, you might then reevaluate your position energetically and emotionally. So the surgeon, in essence, helps you to do that, do that recovery. So you might have to lose the kidney on it or, you know what I mean, or gain one or something else for that matter. But um, that option to recover and recapitulate is part of that process. You know, I, I've often said on previous shows that the energy pattern behind cancer in general, spiritually and emotionally, is hopelessness and anger combined. So it would be rare to find someone that did not have cancer, pass from cancer, recover from cancer, then have some of those elements in play. Again, it's not taking away the physicality of it, but what I'm always getting everyone to really become aware of is there always has to be multiple layers behind a creation of an event. So if you go through cancer and thankfully recover, you have an amazing group of nurses and doctors that help you or, 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 or alternative healers and and you recover, often through that recovery process, you begin to look at just instinctively letting go of feeling hopeless and angry. You often come to terms with the issue. And then, ergo, the, you, you don't have a reemergence potentially of the cancer. If you do have a reemergence of the cancer, it may be that you never fully let go of, of that hopelessness and anger energy and had not come to terms with it. Again, I'm not stepping away from the physical physicality of it. There are multiple events combined. But 
we are absolutely not geared in this culture to think this way. And, you know, uh, I, I've been working with alternative healing and, and, and working on changing beliefs uh, for myself and clients and getting to the root of where those are and shifting them. And I can tell you, listen, I ever so love it. I'm not talking out my ass here. I live a healthy life and a comfortable one. And, and when I change beliefs and it, it's effective and it works, then I notice tangible physical results that, that spring forward. I mentioned this in a previous show that a couple of years ago I decided I would be in a um, in the next couple of years I'd manifest a situation where I would just be financially comfortable. I wouldn't have to be stressed about money. That I would have what I needed and, and, and make more money and inevitably even become wealthy. At this moment, as of today, I haven't reached the wealth thing, by the way, yet. But, yeah, I'm in, a, I'm in a good place financially. I had a number of different events and things that occurred after I made that decision, changes in my belief system, and a lot of people struggling during this crisis. I have not been. Uh, you know, my business dropped about 30 40% during the pandemic and the quarantine, understandably, but I do a lot of sessions by phone and FaceTime anyway. Um, so... I still had sessions, and then, weirdly enough, money kind of, again, and not in the money I'd like it to be, I'd like it to be higher, <laughs> but it was good enough where I got money from a couple different places that were somewhat even unexpected, and I've been fine because I just am not buying into the belief that your mentor is going to struggle with money anymore. And trust me, I did this like constantly throughout my life. I was the king of Robin Peter to pay Paul and maneuvering things around and good at it. But that was, again, a belief I decided is, I don't know if I, I want to have any honor in this anymore. The Jim, the just making it guy. I got rid of him. He's out. Looked at beliefs and I made changes there. So that's a big part of what I was talking about with this piece. Um, I have been expanding um, my, my, my range of people uh, listening, catching my YouTube uh, videos and my shows and my posts on Facebook and my radio shows and my column and you know, and, and with that comes a lot of judgment from other people. You know, even the name of my column is Snake Oil. It's not just humorous and funny, and it is. Um, I did that for a reason, um, because there is a perception from people that I am a snake oil salesman. Um, and rather than, you know, run from that, I'm ultimately I'm embracing it because, uh, you know, snake oil, snake oil salesman, you know, you go back to where that stems from, from like the 20s and the 30s with the snake oil salesman at the, at the at the carnivals and the circus and the shows and people say oh they had these formulas and that bring love into your life and they were bullshit it was just a question of it was just a combination of, of water and alcohol and all. yeah but it probably was nonsense in a lot of cases but what of course is not going to be analyzed is if somebody believes they're going to fall in love and they believe that potion will help them to believe they're going to fall in love and they change their beliefs around that subject and start believing they're worthy of love good chance they're going to actually fall in love. So, yeah, the snake oil at times often works. And I, I, not all the time, of course. You know what I mean? It's not magic. You're going to change if you believe firmly that relationships are bad, you're unworthy, you're not attractive enough, or you're fearful of it. You know, no lotion or potion is going to change your belief that way. You're going to have to work a little deeper that way. But, of course, they, they worked in that sense, <laughs> probably with about the same rate of effectiveness as Western medicine does for that matter. Same thing with witch doctors and healers. They were shockers and changes of belief, waving a chicken over you and, and telling you your, your body would heal, um, you know, to a, a Western doctor in medicine seems like just outlandish 
and even to most average people it would. But again, in in many cases it worked. It changed the belief. There were shifts that were made. So going back to what I was talking about and where I had these issues with my kidneys and maybe a little bit with gallbladder and, and somewhat with bladder, um, yeah, I like like my mother. I I there were times I was judgmental and or would, would get irritated with people judging me, whether it was real or perceiving it. And I really had to work through that. Um, I have been and, and, and pretty successful with it. Um, I joke about this. Uh, I might have joked about this on another show or one of my YouTube channels because I'm doing so many different stuff that sometimes I'm overlapping stories. But I, you guys will probably laugh if you're willing to hear this. But when someone really, like, kind of rips on me or, or – attempts to discredit me. Of course, again, I'm not impressed by it. I mean, I don't, I never talk about a subject that I'm not knowledgeable about. I don't know that much about sports, so I don't talk as an expert, and if I say something wrong, I admit it. But when it comes to metaphysical stuff, yeah, I'm a freaking encyclopedia or series of them, of knowledge. But I do this thing where, like, I saw this years ago, I saw uh, a guy wearing a shirt, and he was not an attractive guy. He was kind of a big, fat, ugly, weird-looking dude. No judgment, just you would have thought that too. <laughs> it was just a physical reality of him. And he had a shirt that said, I'm ugly on the inside too. And, oh, my God, when I saw that, I just was laughing so hard. Plus, it made me like him. The fact that he had, would wear a shirt like that just made him cool as could be to me. And I said, I want that guy to be my friend now. I mean, so... I do this funny thing when someone's really obnoxious and attempts to battle in that way, which, again, is pretty rare. Um, I just think that they're wearing a shirt that says I'm ugly on the inside, too. <laughs> and that usually disbands a lot of my anguish. And, by the way, I'm probably going to post funny stuff like that on my site to any dumbasses that tend to take a shot. But better than that anyway is just reaching a point where you, I'm not bothered by it so much anymore. I just think that people are fearful. And when they're presented with alternative information or ideas that go against the grain of what they've been taught, they often will attack it in that sense. So it's not even necessary when people are attacking or judging or criticizing us that they are mean, even though sometimes they are. It's just more that you're somehow pushing a button in their world that they're uncomfortable with, or again, or, or someone convinced them otherwise, you know, any any really hardcore atheist to really is a hardcore atheist will of course look at a spiritual metaphysical, even religious person as total cuckoo and make fun of them potentially and, and think they're idiots for believing in an afterlife or any of these other things for that matter. And it's easy to get mad at them. But if you move to a place of understanding, you realize that in their own way for their own experiences in this lifetime, their belief in science completely and lacking in a spiritual vision is part of something they choose to explore in this lifetime, but also it leaves them missing an element of life that to me is, is, is sad in that way. Um, you know, as someone, not sad where I'm putting them down. I mean, rather be angry at them, I feel bad for them that they don't understand the magic of spirituality and trusting in a higher power and a larger purpose all those things that we as metaphysical people kind of have as part of our world. Um, listen, in a practical way, um, you know, I'm a, I've been working out different degrees since I'm 17 years old. I'm in my 50s now. Um, I'm a reasonably buff guy. Um, I look at people that don't work out at all or exercise as crazy. Like, I don't get why you wouldn't do that. 
for multiple reasons, but I don't judge people for not doing it. That's their choice. They may be focused heavily and maybe they're weighing 400 pounds and you know what I mean, and, and not necessarily going to have a long life because it's acting their heart or lungs. Or, but listen, why does it matter how long you live? Isn't the quality of life more important? If they can be happy that way, maybe they're also focusing a tremendous amount of energy on um, emotional things and how they care for animals or how they feel about things or artistic or creative things. Not everything is about the physical in that way. But I just tend to see it from the perspective of balance, that you know, having a healthy physical body, you know, it's better and get, it's better, more likely to get your sex. <laughs> it's better, you know, phys- physically. You know, I mean, there are things that are just in a tangible, practical way are, are beneficial. But, again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's the same dynamic with somebody rejecting metaphysical, spiritual stuff. And I had to come to that recognition more so. And I'm not 100% there. I have days where I get irritated or I get annoyed. or But I've noticed a couple of things. Like even with my Facebook posts, pretty rare that anybody kind of uh, attacks me on a, on a Facebook post. Almost never. I notice that uh, people do it a lot with women more so on Facebook, which is, again, something guttural in society itself. But I always think that, you know, I'm not really a good person to fight with just because I'm Verbally and in terms of the written word, I'm, I'm kind of a monster <laughs> in skill. I liked it almost in a way to tangibly battle with someone if they attempt to fight me on a subject I'm knowledgeable about. They, you tend to battle me with a subject I know nothing about. I'm just going to admit I know nothing and walk away. You know what I mean? So people generally don't do it with me anyway. Occasionally it still pops up, and I'm coming more from that place of understanding that I was wasting this energy with like my mom did, with these real and imagined battles that were going on. And, and the more I diminish that, and it, it's a constant process, the healthier my physical body is, the better I feel. Um, listen, during this whole pandemic thing, this quarantine and all stuff, my life has been wonderful. Honestly, I didn't have problems getting toilet paper. Business was still relatively good. I got to relax more. I increased my business. I studied marketing more. I've done some amazing things. It didn't affect me like it did a lot of other people because I won't allow it to. My belief system is such that I feel and believe I'm safe and I'm protected. And I suggest to my listeners that you consider adding that belief into the mix as well because it's a positive one and it will ultimately benefit you. So, yeah, we all have our own wars. Look at where you're having wars and, and maybe consider why you're doing that and if there's any value. And even if the war is real, and even if it is real, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just seems like, you know, I, I see a lot of people on Facebook with conspiracy theories about what's going on now and all the bad stuff. There's probably a hint of truth in some of it, but a lot of it's exaggerated. And then, you know, why are you doing that? What if you put your energy into finding the, what you truly love, expanding your business, enhancing your relationships, getting in shape, eating better, watching good TV, enjoying life, you know what I mean? not getting caught up in these fear trains and trying to save the world through these real or imagined conspiracy theories popping around. Again, everyone has their own choice. So, all right. Looks like we're heading to the end of our show here. Um, again, my apologies to anyone listening about not taking phone calls. As you can see, virtually in the time we have, I just do not have the time to necessarily do that. Eventually, I will incorporate that into some future shows, but right now that's kind of off the table. Um, 
Listen, if you're not already getting my monthly column, email me at VenturaSagiYahoo.com. Add you to the monthly newsletter. It's blind copy, so no one will get your email address from me. Um, I send a birthday promotion out once a year. Um, people who give me their birthdays um, as well. Information about my books, Dirty Little Secrets and Snake Oil Volume 1, can be found on my website at JimVentura.com. Uh, also with personal one-on-one -on -one sessions by phone, in office, or FaceTime. Uh, you know, I only do, guys, I only do about 10 to 15 appointments a week, so sometimes you might have to wait a few days or a week or so to get an appointment in, but I, I do my best to accommodate people accordingly. So all that good information, again, at JimVenture.com. Definitely also track me down on YouTube. I'm doing some great stuff on YouTube, a lot of fun and different material there. So thanks for joining me today. Everybody stay healthy and happy and, and, and trust that the universe is there to protect you, and you'll be fine, and you will be. All right, guys, cheers. Thanks for listening to me today. Uh, I'll catch you next time.